tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 112. Okay, you guys, I know that I talk a lot about having favorite episodes of this podcast, but I got to tell you, this one might be near the top because God takes us on so many amazing places in our conversation, including the importance of being fully present to our life and fully occupying the place God's assigned to us. But I think it's Heather McFadden's passion about seeing us experience inner healing and connecting to God as our source that really spoke to me. And you guys, whatever you do, don't miss the prayer time at the end. This is a powerful episode, and I believe God's going to meet you as you open your heart to Him. Well, I have looked so forward to this conversation with Heather McFadden and her new book, Right Where You Belong. Welcome to the living room, Heather. Oh, thank you, Joanna, for having me. This is super fun. Oh, well, I have followed you over the years, your podcast, Don't Mom Alone, your ministry to young mamas and older mamas and all the moms, just really beautiful. But as I was just going through your book today, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is an every woman message. I hope so. And I I loved that I read that this was actually the book you wanted to write for many years. Can you talk to us about it? Yeah. Yeah, I actually, for a year before COVID, um, was going around speaking on this topic. And so when I pitched to publishers, the book proposal was this book. And then with Ravel, and they were fine with me writing it first, but a lot of publishers asked, why aren't you writing Don't Mom Alone book? You already have that brand. You already have that audience. And to me, it was like, well, that kind of seems too obvious. And I want to say this message but I actually took the framework that's in the book and applied it to my, you know, decision. Like, what should I do, God? And he had me draw right. up my boundary lines of my space. And then he asked, have you filled it? And it seems like if you have over 300 episodes, you've filled the space of ministering <laughs> to moms. But I realized if I met a weary mom, Telling her, go listen to 300 hours of content is not helpful. Mm. But if I could hand her a book that multiplies myself, what I would say to her over coffee, here, if you're struggling with anger with your kids, here's three episodes you can listen to on the podcast. If you need help in your marriage, here's some episodes. And I kind of take all that content and make it bite size. that that would be more helpful. Well, the other thing God knew about that I didn't know about (laughs) when I decided in 2019 to do the tw- the Don't Mom Alone book, is that the entire world would experience isolation mm. in 2020 as I'm writing about isolation right. and the importance of community and your relationship with God. And uh, and just, I, I'm in awe of just that surrender to his mm. plan over mine is the message that I keep hearing with this concept, like trust yeah. that he has this bigger plan and don't try to hustle or make it work for yourself. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. It's so important because just this whole concept of being right where we are, you know, um, I kind of wrote about it in my own book on embracing trust about like 
contentment. Like, can I really believe that where I'm at, what I've been given, this realm of influence is a gift that God wants me to steward? But I really appreciate your book because you kind of help us discover that. And um, and I, that framework you were talking about, making decisions, can you walk us through that? Because I think there's some people out there that are like, I feel like God wants me to do this or do that, but how can I know for sure that this is where I belong? Yeah. And yeah, I think there's a few different things that played into it for me when I was thinking about it. One was the old book by Blackaby called Experiencing God. Yes. That God's always working and he's inviting us to join him, right? This isn't an overcomplication. You don't have to, you don't have to make the bush start burning. Like he's doing something and he's inviting you in. Um, Also, this concept of calling versus assignment. Finding your calling feels like Mm. a really hefty, big, thing. And from moms, it can feel like, wow, is motherhood really my highest calling? That feels like I'm falling a little short of meeting my needs. I'm not feeling significant enough in that. And a friend of mine, Kat Armstrong, she differentiated. She said, calling is to go, your calling is to go and make disciples. That's what Jesus gave us Mm. as as believers, our greatest calling. Your assignments are where you do that and when. And those shift and change over years and time. And that feels, I think there's a little bit of a a weight lift on that. So you're not missing anything. It's just like, okay, I'm right here. Lord, what are you inviting me into? And where are you assigning me to go and make disciples? It could be, when I was recording the audiobook for this, my audio engineer, the third session in, told me, you know what? I feel like I need to tell you I'm not a Christian. And he was Buddhist. And there we are. (laughs) There was my assignment right in the audio recording studio, you know? I love that. I love that. Well, you kind of opened this, the book talking about just even from a little girl, a desire for significance. And that's another old Bible study along with experiencing God is the search for significance because it's kind of wired in all of us. We want to know that our life is going to make a difference. Yeah. But yet at the same time, that can make us discontent with the life we have. How do we balance the two? Totally. I was even doing continuing ed for my speech language pathology degree. And it was talking about preschoolers' misbehavior. And if you really look at their misbehavior, it always boils down to their need for belonging and significance. And I was like, and that's Mm. our own misbehavior, the things that we search after, the things we falsely think will bring us that belonging and significance. And I thought, you know what? kind of supernaturally brings that for us is recognizing our identity and our worth that only God can tell us. Yeah, And it's not thinking less of yourself. It's not like, oh, then I only need to think Mm -hmm. about God. No, he has made you uniquely and he has placed his Mm. image on you for a purpose. And your worth comes from the fact that he calls you his child. He assigned you to bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And he has given you the power and the authority through the Holy Spirit and dwelling inside of you. That is significant. Mm. Amen. Amen. That is significant. It's not a platform. It's not an invitation to speak at a big conference. It's not writing a book. It's not creating a podcast. Those are things your significance comes from your identity and worth in Jesus Christ. Mm. And if we really could grasp that, I think we would feel that belonging of being part of the Trinity. Like not we are the Trinity, but like we are invited in this really cool club. We're surrounded by God's presence. That's the best belonging you can find. But it's so 
we don't have flesh on it. We just can't grasp it. It feels too distant. And so we do try to find something here. And my hope is that I can help people through, you know, there are boundary lines I identify in the book of like, let's really think about where God Mm. has put you, how he's made you, what experiences do you have? Those are significant. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's so good because sometimes we think that God's will is out there rather than right here and right now. And so you you break it down into the different things that we bring to the table that can help us understand. Can you kind of talk us through those four things? Yeah. So it is your time. The fact that you were born right now in this mm. history timeline is it it's different. We have access to the internet that our ancestors did not, right? Right. We we have aspects of even our time like perhaps a season that you're in right now, maybe your kids are grown and you have more time to work with or a unique ability to travel that you didn't have before, or you're in a season where you're caring for elderly parents. So you have less time or you have young children. It's just like, how is time Hmm. an aspect of your space? And I think if we really sit with that, we're like, oh, huh, I hadn't thought about. We're limited in that, which is a gift. But at the same time, it's also a present. The present is a present, right? This right. moment, you and I are right here, is is a gift in itself. And how am I showing up in each present moment? Am I distracted with the past? Am I distracted with what I'm about to do? Or mm-hmm. am I showing up fully aware of what God has for me, where my two feet are right now? I think that that's so important. I'd like us to kind of sit on that a little while because I'm just thinking a lot of times we think that where we're at, the timing right now, is a liability. We don't Mm. see it as an asset because I don't know about you, but I always, when God kind of began to stir my heart as a a teenager to, to just serve Him in ministry, I had some pretty clear ideas of what that was gonna look like. (laughs) <laughs> and so if we're not careful, we kind of transpose our idea of what it's going to be, and we miss the moment for what it is. And I love that you bring that out, like that young mama who's like, I really, really feel God has something that He wants to do through me, but I can't because. And I think those are the words that a lot of us use. I want to, but I can't because. And how do we get that mental shift to see exactly where God's placed us. Like even, you know, where Paul says, no matter what state I'm in, and that can even be where you're living, (laughs) you know, I have learned to be content. How do we flourish right where we are and find purpose with that place and that time that he set us in? Yeah. I think that's, it's making the intention to say, what is unique, significant about this place? Yeah. This time, and we don't take the time to evaluate that. We just keep moving and going and blowing, and we're on the social media and we're comparing, you know, what they're doing with their time. And it's like, that's a fraction of what's actually going on. But we just fill in all the blanks with what we think the rest of their life looks like, and we're falling short of that. Or we have some ideal of what we think, like you said, serving God is supposed to look like, or what that's supposed to be to have significance. It's like, what would it look like if we just dial it back and trust that a conversation 
could have ripple effects for eternity. Mm, like my yeah. whole existence is based on a conversation a psych intern had with my grandparents. Wow. Like one well, conversation. Okay, well, you can't you can't just say that and not tell us what you mean. <laughs> it's a longer story and I have gotten permission to tell it. But my parents, uh, actually, my oldest sister was a teenage pregnancy my mom had. Mm. She was 16. My dad was 20. They uh, loaded up and flew to Kentucky from Indiana, and they were going to get married. And they would lie about my mom's age. They'd put on the mm. form 18. I've seen the marriage document. It says 18, crossed out 16. Um, my grandparents found out. They called all the courthouses in Louisville found out where my parents were, told the judge to put my dad in prison because he was over 18 <laughs> and to put my mom in foster care until they could get down there because they had three other kids to find childcare for. They drove down to Louisville um, and a psych intern convinced my grandparents to let my parents stay married. And my parents were married 55 years. <laughs> and it was 11 years after that that my mom got pregnant with me. So... Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you just don't know. Like if we really entrusted the Holy Spirit's leading where we are as enough, like are we trusting oh. that as enough? We don't need to see yes. the ripple. That psych has no idea. Yeah, that psych intern has no idea. The power of those words. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I think that whole idea of of boundary lines that you kind of explore, yeah. you know, rather than resenting mm -hmm. those boundaries. Like even, you know, I, that story is so powerful because I'm thinking as a mom of now of adults, it can be really easy to go, ooh, here's the boundary line you need for yeah. you rather than just trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to lead and guide them just like he's led and guided me. Yeah. So that's so powerful. So when it comes to that, those accepting the boundary lines rather than resenting yeah. them, the, the place where he's put us, the time that we're born in. You talk about also the boundary of wiring. Yeah. This, this is a hard one because we just assume because everyone else is doing, that's what we should do. In fact, we, what's the mantra of the world? You can do anything that you want to do. Which is paralyzing. It's paralyzing. Yeah. It's actually empowering to lean into, my husband is a Clifton Strengths coach on the side. He's a CEO of a company too, but like he studied strength finders is what they would call it. And he said that's so much more powerful to identify your strengths and put energy into making those better than to focus on your weaknesses and try to make them better. It's like your mm. strengths are your strengths for a purpose. And yes, your weaknesses, God can show up and he can fill in the blanks there. Let him fill in the blanks there. But you are put on this planet wired the way you were for the body of Christ. I mean, Paul talks about that. Some of us are yes. this, and some of us are eyes, and some of us are ears, and some are hands, and one is not more valuable than the other. But if you're an eye and you're trying to be a hand, that's not helpful. Yeah. An eye doesn't make a very good hand. There's no opposable <laughs> thumb right. in that. You know what I mean? No picking up. I'm just saying, what do people come to you for is a really good question. You're discounting it as important because it comes easily to you, but your friends are seeing mm. it as valuable. They're seeing you as a source for that. What did you love to do as a little kid? That shows that, no, you know, that was in you from the beginning. Did you line up mm. your stuffed animals and teach to them? Did you love taking care of things and nurturing things? Did you love planting or organizing or were you, were you mislabeled? 
bossy. And you just kind of have pushed that back because you're like, oh, I don't want to be considered bossy. But like there was leadership hardwired in you and it has to be refined a little bit. But really analyzing your story and finding those little nuggets of like pointers to that wiring that's been put in you is I think really helpful in helping you know what's the space that you're called to occupy. Yeah. Or signed. Well, and you give us some wonderful exercises in the book to kind of help us discover that, uh, you know, because I think so many times we don't think deep enough. We just look at the surface, we see the impossibilities, we see the obstacles, and we don't look at the potential. And, you know, I think just being able to even just sit with the Lord a little bit and even ask, Lord, what do you see? Because there's a lot of us, you talk about in the book, you bring up humility, And, and I love the definition that you give. It's not thinking less of us. It's thinking what God thinks about us. But that can be difficult. I've been talking to a lot of people about, you know, uh, finding our identity in Christ. And we're throwing that term around a lot. But what does that really mean, Heather? How do we find out what God thinks about us? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I can go real deep here. I'll just tell you, I have done some inner healing prayer work, and what that has done mm. for me is uproot some lies I've believed and some moments of childhood innocence where it doesn't have to be a, an overly traumatic event, but some interaction yeah. happens, and I start believing something about myself or about God, and through prayer, I've been able to uproot those wrong beliefs, and I've been able to align myself with truth through confession and and say, okay... Now, God, I'm ready to receive. What do you have? What do you say about me? And to sit in prayer. And this is where I think, honestly, like someone could read the book and they could work through all the questions and they might be like, well, that didn't help me out. I really, and I have a whole chapter on it. I really want you to sit with God. I really believe that he still speaks. I'm not, I wrongly held the belief that he didn't for a lot of my Christian walk. Mm. And he has rescued me from that wrong belief. And I believe if you sit and and you ask him questions, what comes to your mind, if you have been reading God's mm. word, you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit by belief in mm. Jesus' death and resurrection, that he will bring to mind what he wants you yeah. to know and to not think, oh, that's just my thought. Okay, well, if it's true, if it's right. lovely, and if it's lining up with his word and who he is, why not believe that God didn't bring that to you? Amen. Amen. And so say, God, what do you think of me? Mm. What is my identity in Christ? And mm. yes, we can say, when God looks at us, he sees Christ and his perfection and his righteousness. Yes, that is your identity. There's nothing you can do to lose the righteousness of Christ if you're a believer. But <laughs> under that... I needed to hear from God that he calls me beauty mm. because I had wrongly believed that he didn't. Mm. I believed a lie of weakness. He had other truth for me about his strength in me. There is identity he wants to speak yeah. over you, but you have to invite him in. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force his way. It's it's the free will. It's the the inviting in, yeah, you know, there's an action we have to take and God's always ready and willing on his side. That's it. Well, and he knows, I love this quote from Charlie Shedd. He prays this prayer, Lord, show me what you had in mind when you made the original me. And yeah. God knows that. And so many times I, 
even in my life, I've sort of um, kind of thought that, well, more of Jesus, less of me. And that's still, that's still part of my prayer. But what if it's more of Jesus, more of me? The true me, the true you that God created. And the Bible is so clear. He put gifts within you. He, he wired you specifically for his kingdom. And rather than looking at everything that's wrong, what if we came to the Lord and asked him, okay, what's right? Yes, I see the things that need to change. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're going to work and show me how to do that. But Lord, don't let me discount. I think it's really important when we read that verse where it says, think of yourselves with sober judgment. That doesn't mean think less of yourself. But like you said, more, let's discover what God says about us. Uh, You kind of shared, like kind of, kind of, gave us a couple of areas <laughs> where the Lord revealed to you. And I I love prayer ministry because the Lord can do in a moment what years of therapy couldn't do, you know. Yeah. I feel like therapy can bring it to the surface, like people who've gone through therapy and 12-step recovery, it's like ready. Yes. You know, they've done the work to like dig it up and bring it to the surface. And then he's like, I got this, you know. Yes. And it's giving him access to those places. And what I found that's interesting is sometimes as you come to the Lord and you say, either, Lord, tell me who I am, or Lord, what's that thing that's holding me back? What's that yeah. lid that keeps telling me you'll never be enough? You'll, you, you'll fail. You're, the, one of the things that the Lord has done for me is just given me this phrase, Joanna, you're not going to miss it and you're not going to mess it up. You're not going to yeah. miss it and you're not going to mess it up because my heart is after him. And if we just keep our hands linked with him, um, then beautiful things happen. And, and sometimes it's, he'll put his finger on something. You're like, really? That's what you want to talk about? <laughs> that seems so ins- insignificant, but there's something yeah. there and we can trust the Holy Spirit. I love that. Well, it's like, it's like friendship. Like, would you never hang out with a friend and never spend yeah. time with them? And we don't, we don't in prayer hang out with Jesus and, and the, right. and the Holy Spirit is the pointer, right? The Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. If if our supernatural experiences are only for our glorification, then we have to question them. But a supernatural experience that brings us closer to relationship with Jesus is is legitimate. And I love, and a friend told me about this, where you, when you pray in a prayer journal, you write your question in like a black or blue pen. And then what your response you hear from God, you write in like a red pen or pink pen. So that when you go back, you can recount. That's beautiful. These are his words, you know, or when I pray for someone and we do um, freedom prayer, inner healing prayer, whatever you want to call it, having two people praying for the one person. So when the enemy tries to come in and say, oh, that didn't really happen, we Mm -hmm. can be witnesses. We were both there. Yes. We saw the transformation. We saw what God did. We saw your countenance change from when you walked in to when you left. This is what is real. And so I just, I'm a big fan of all of that. And, you know, you mentioned the humility. One of the definitions I bring up is humility is to fully occupy your God-given space. Yes. So that is not necessarily smallness. (laughs) It can be. Mm -hmm. It could be a hidden time that God's assigning you to a hidden time or what seems like a bench in the basketball game. Or it's like, God, why is everybody else getting these opportunities and I'm just watching it happen? That could be, and that's fully occupying your God-given space. Or it's something that feels way too big. David versus Goliath. 
way too big, but that was his space. And in humility, he filled it and he didn't wear Saul's armor. He used what he, he was wired with and his experience as a shepherd and he showed up and knew that God Mm. is also showing up. And so I just really want to empower people to trust that, trust that it's, it's enough. If it's, if it feels small, if it feels big, if that's where God has you and you've connected with him and you have heard that from him, it's enough. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, you talk about the time, the space, the wiring, and then you mentioned it, the boundary of experience. Talk about that. Yeah. I think, you know, yes, some of the harder experiences and hard circumstances are part of that boundary. You know, if you've walked through a cancer diagnosis or loss of a child or some of the bigger things, you've been abused or whatever it is, you sign- you can uniquely speak to that journey in a way that someone else can't. And you can minister in a unique way that someone else can't. But I also think it's positive things. Hmm. If you grew up in a Christian home and had parents who were not divorced, it's okay to to count that as one of your boundary lines because you may have a friend who needs to know that's an option, who needs to know that they could do that too. And so don't discount those experiences or the things that you are part of your story that you're like, well, I didn't do drugs and I didn't have, it's like, that's okay. God protected and provided for you in this unique way. Speak to his faithfulness in that journey. And that's an encouragement. That's holding out hope to somebody. So I just want people to own both the positive and what we consider negative parts of our experiences. That's so good. That's so good. And when you realize that he's been equipping us for his purposes, you know, before we were born, in, in those growing up years, you know, there are even those places of pain, I know, of rejection in childhood that has given me an extra sensitivity to that person on the outside. The fact that I, I've always wanted to be perfect, but I never have arrived. Yes. <laughs> that, that being a fellow struggler rather than if you would just yeah. do be more like mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. right? And those places where I've given God access. And I think, I think for that girl who's out there who feels I'm just so inadequate. I don't feel like I have anything to offer. Just would you let God minister where he wants to minister in you and then believe that he's going to redeem that and use that through you? Oh. Yeah. Whatever that negative statement is. Like for me, there was a lie of missing out, but I had to bring that to him so that he could give me new truth to believe. Or if it was a rejection, like go back to that memory, reheal it, Mm -hmm. allow Jesus to show up and show you how he was responding in that moment of rejection, how he came alongside you, how he held your hand, how he led you out of that space. Like he has never left you. He has always been with you. And each of those memories, and we just have to ask him, where were you, Jesus, when this happened? And what did you believe about me? And he mm. will show you. And it, it is powerful. It it uproots it. It no longer is coming from the inside out saying you are this or you you need to do this to be have belonging and significance. It's like, no, I, my belonging significance is in you. That's enough. Um, my favorite thing to talk about is when I worked uh, as a speech pathologist with kids who uh, had received cochlear implants. And you've seen these videos maybe when the devices get right. turned on. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. It's incredible. It's incredible. And I've been there and it's amazing. And I saw like this theme 
and how the parents responded. So most often they were hearing parents who are choosing hearing for their children because the deaf community is beautiful and I would never – Sure. I'm a big fan. But these parents, they wanted to implant their children and they wanted to – say some things to their kids once they knew that devices were on. And I noticed mm-hmm. a theme. One was they would set, tell the child their name. Molly. Molly. Oh. That was one of the first things. The second was, mommy and daddy love you. We love you. <laughs> and I feel like God is waiting for us to turn on our listening hearts, to turn on our our soul ears, yeah. to hear his voice say, your name and how much he yeah. loves you. And if we really could sit with him, and if he, the God of the universe, the creator God, who put all things in place, spoke that over you, not Heather, not Joanna, but if he speaks that to you supernaturally through the Holy Spirit, something solidifies in your heart and your soul that you don't see, everything else falls short Yeah, of filling that void. And I just... I want to scream it from the rooftops, like, go to him. He is longing for you to to tune your ear to his voice. He is a good shepherd. He is a provider and a protector, and he loves you so much, and he has made you for his good purposes. And if we really believe that, it would change everything. Amen. Amen. Oh, my goodness. I'm shouting hallelujah. Amen. Preach, sister. (laughs) Because honestly, I think if we're not careful, we miss the heart of Christianity and we make it all about the peripherals and we miss the very thing he came to be. You know, one of the things as you were talking, I'm thinking, you girlfriend out there, you don't have to get somewhere in order to find God. No. God came down. Jesus came down to find you. The only God in history. The only God in history who came down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm reminded of a little story with my son, Joshua, who um, had to have his adenoids and tonsils out. And when he came out of um, anesthesia, he was just frantic. And they had warned me that it would happen. But I'm standing right in front of him and he's screaming, mommy, mommy, mommy. Mm. And I'm like, I'm here. I'm Mm. here. I'm here. But he couldn't absorb my presence or my love. And I feel like for those of you out there that you've just almost been spinning in circling, you think, God, what have I done? Where are you? Do you love me? Do you care about me? And he is just saying, I'm right here. I'm right here. And so, Lord, would you open our eyes and our spirits to be able to absorb that? I feel like someone really needs that today. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to rush past that. No. Lord, show them what is blocking, what belief is holding them back from believing the truth of who you are and what you say about them and what you believe about them. Reveal that wrong Mm. belief. What what is the story? What is the memory? What is the part of their wounding and trouble that Mm. is taking up more space in their heart and mind than you ever designed for them? that you ever desired for Amen. them, that this was not part of your plan for your relationship with them. Amen. Lord, please reveal that right now. Yes, yes. Mm. And I would just encourage you, if there is a yabbat that you keep coming back mm. to, where where you, you start to take a step forward or start to absorb mm. a truth and there comes an interior, yeah, mm. but couldn't be true for me, mm. or a memory that you just keep coming back to over and over, that that could be the thing that God wants to heal today. Yeah, yes. And I'm so grateful that He's right there with you, you guys. 
The Holy Spirit is right there, and you can trust mm-hmm. Him. He's such a gentle God. I think that's been the thing I've mm-hmm. so appreciated about prayer yeah. and inner he- healing ministry is how gentle and how sweet mm-hmm. it is. And you, I don't. I just sense there's an anointing even on this podcast yes, today for you to encounter the Lord. And so, Holy Spirit, would you just come reveal so you can heal? And Lord, I thank you that we don't have to come up with the right answer. We just, we just have to agree with the diagnosis. We just have to give you access and you come and you do what only you can do. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. And we, whatever belief comes to mind, Lord, that we would analyze it against your truth and say, Lord, is this what you believe? And if it's not, Lord, Mm. I pray that we could say the words out loud, Lord, forgive me. I have been believing this. I have been believing that you don't love me anymore. I have been believing that I am not worthy. I've been believing that Mm. I I need to work for your love or I need to perform and in order Mm. to be accepted. And Lord, I pray that after confession that that whoever is listening would would recognize yes. that your forgiveness is abundant Amen. and that you are not Amen. a god who condemns you are not a god who shames you are not disappointed yes. you are abundant in your forgiveness and lord i pray that they would also out loud say lord i accept your abundant forgiveness yes. and that they would feel it just fall and flow yeah. over them right now, that they would just feel it wash all yeah. of those places of shame mm-hmm. and wrong beliefs. And that, Lord, I pray they would then open themselves to, up to hear from you of what is true and to ask yeah. you, Lord, what do yeah. you see when you see me? What do you believe about me? And that they would ask Jesus, yeah. where were you in that memory? What, what are you doing, Lord? Show me. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Well, I know that Heather and I can both tell you that it is so valuable just to give God access. I kept trying to figure it out. I kept trying to fix me. (laughs) And we just open our hearts. And I want to just encourage you, whatever the Lord has just kind of been whispering to you, you know what, if you want to just even shut the podcast off right now and just sit with it a while. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to come up with a clever or heartfelt response. Just sit with the truth of what the Lord just revealed to you, because it's the truth that sets us free. Oh, wow. Any any closing Mm. thoughts, Heather? I feel like we could stay. We may have to come back and do a part two, because there's something here. That was really powerful. And I think to experience that, um, to recognize that the Holy Spirit is one, right? Yeah. That, that yes, we're on technology. Yeah. You're in another city. I'm in another city. Whoever's listening could be in another country. <laughs> that That's the amazing supernatural power of the Holy yes. Spirit that God can minister. And the two of us praying for that one person is that that threesome. And I just really want to encourage people Go back, replay that if you were like, oh, that was too too fast yeah. for me, or just pause like Joanna said. I really, I feel like maybe you went through those boundary lines with us and you can identify, yeah, that's the space God has for me, but, like your, your yeah, but, mm-hmm. the work mm-hmm. to push past those past wounds and to walk forward in confidence comes from that healing. Because you can be standing there yeah. knowing – 
where God wants you to go next and you're not moving, you're staying stuck and you've been set free. So believe the freedom, believe the empowering, believe that that same resurrection Mm. power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. It's not, and, and if you're, you know, 10 years old listening, there's no junior Holy Spirit. There is one Holy Spirit, like God-sized in you that yeah. I just want to empower people that the enemy keeps us locked down in, in unbelief and in smallness, you know, small thinking. It, it may be a small, like seemingly small space and we can be living fully empowered by him in whatever that space that the world says is small, you know. Small thinking is I am small. Yeah. Yeah. Or 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 God's maybe small. God's small in me because yeah. the world says this is insignificant. Changing diapers is insignificant. Taking care of my parents and their dementia is insignificant because the world's not mm. clapping. The world's not applauding. You can show up empowered <laughs> with that resurrection power and yes. bring life to what feels small to the world. That that shows mm. God's glory in that place. Amen. Amen. And as you were talking, I'm remembering the story about um, how baby elephants, all they have to do in the circus is just drive a stake in the ground and and they keep doing it, keep doing it until finally it's a giant elephant tied to a rope, a stake in the ground. It has no power out over the elephant, but they've lived with that for so long. And I just sense that the Lord wants to say to someone out there, listen, what has held you back from even fully occupying the space that I've given you, yeah. right? And it may not be a huge thing. It's maybe small, but we feel because of past failure or because God didn't answer prayer the way we thought he would. And so we've diminished him and we've diminished us. And I just feel like the Lord goes, just step forward and you're going to find out that lie no longer has the power that you thought it had. Yeah, totally. When I had that spirit of weakness, which maybe you've heard me talking, you're like, how did she ever believe that? I had a spirit of weakness, and when the person I was praying with said, why are you there, the spirit I heard in my head say, I've never been asked to leave. Ooh. I mean, that sounds like a weak spirit to me. Like, all it took was me to say, go. Yeah. Leave. You're you're not welcome here anymore. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Jesus, do it for us. I'm just saying... Do the work, do the work. And the work means sitting and not being distracted and Mm. sitting in silence with Jesus. Like it's not complex. Right, right. But the the enemy, the enemy is an enemy who's not creative, but crafty. And he loves, he loves the big D's, distraction, division, discouragement, Mm. and those will keep you from meeting with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the big thing, you guys, we are living in a self-help age. Yep. Oh my goodness. Yep. We, you know, if you've got a problem, there's a book for it. But we're saying, don't do this without Jesus. This is you and the Holy Spirit partnering together as He reveals and you simply agree and you give Him access. He brings the healing that you need. So, oh, this has been so powerful, Heather. Oh, thank you for having me and getting it. You're getting it. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. Uh well I I we have prayed already, but would you just would you just pray a short prayer over those who are listening? 
Yeah, I would love to. Lord, I thank you so much for Joanna in this space and this time. And I thank you for the ministry that you are doing, that you invited us into joining you and just the miracle Mm -hmm. of that. I thank you for your one spirit. I thank you for how you uniquely made each of us and placed us and you've assigned our portion and that we can trust you in that. I pray, Lord, for any unbelief or um, wrong beliefs about who you are, that they would be revealed and that you would bring healing and freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, 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 wow. I sure hope you felt the presence of Jesus like we did, you guys. He loves you so very much. I don't know what's standing in the way of you really absorbing that love, but I hope you'll do what Heather suggests and just sit with him for a while, asking these simple questions. What do you think of me, Lord? What is my real identity? And if you have a place of pain that's formed a wedge between your heart and God's, ask him to show you where he was at that moment, because God wants to reveal himself to you so that he can heal you to the uttermost. If you have a friend who needs this message, I hope you'll share the podcast. Just click on those three little dots on your podcast player and text it or post it on social media. And if you would like to actually listen to it again, may I suggest watching it instead? I've uploaded this episode over at my YouTube channel, and it's almost like being in the room with us. Well, until next time, oh, girlfriend, keep pressing close to Jesus. Give him access to your heart and welcome him into your questions and your pain. For he wants access to those deepest, darkest places so that he can heal you completely enabling you to live and love and lead like Him.